Welcome back to part two with Dr. Parker Hughes talking about lifelong youth, the simple path to a long and youthful life. We're diving in right where we left off on Tuesday. So if you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to that episode first. Want to get amazing insights and perspectives from local health and fitness professionals here in Jackson Hole? This is the podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Laura Wright. Uh, The last thing that I I have here that's not in the book necessarily, but something that's helped me and my mental health quite a bit is just the practice of gratitude. I spend a little bit every morning saying three unique things that I'm grateful for. And these aren't like the cliche, oh, I'm grateful for my family. uh, Yes, we're we're grateful for all those things. That's wonderful. Please say those if you, if you feel for them, but just focus on very tiny things in your life that you can be grateful for. I'm grateful for this microphone that I'm talking into right now that makes my voice sound a little bit better than it actually is. Or like, I'm grateful for the fact that I saw rain with sunshine today at the same time. That's amazing. Like those types of little things that are cause you to pay attention and cause you to focus on something outside of yourself. And just, even though it's something tiny, it helps improve our mental health so, so much. And it's helped me immensely. That's probably the biggest thing that I've changed in my life that has had the biggest impact on my health, my health and my happiness. I've had so many things going on, even in these last three months that have, could have set me back quite a bit, but because I practice gratitude, I was able to, to step away from that, to focus on things that are more important to me, focus on things that advance my health and happiness. Awesome. So what are some kind of practical tips, habits, tricks that people can use from each of these behaviors to improve their mental health, lower stress and feel more at ease mentally? Mm, Yeah. Um, Some tips that I like come a lot from uh, what's his come from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's a great book. Uh, Yeah. Great, great book. I highly recommend it. And one of the first things that he says in, in that book is in order to change our habits, it's extremely useful to reframe our identity. And so if you think of yourself as a sick, depressed, or unhealthy person, who's trying to be more like someone else, like more like the people that you see in the health world, flaunting their their health habits on Instagram, on Facebook and all this sort, these sort of things. If you try to be like somebody else, you won't have as much success as somebody who identifies as that type of person. So instead of saying, Oh, I want to be more like him. You can say, Hey, those people are happy and healthy. I'm a happy and healthy person too. What are the steps that it takes for me to be happy and healthy? Like what does a happy and healthy person do in their daily life? And if you think that way, the habit formation piece will just come a little bit more easy to you. It'll be easier to identify the end goal and match your behaviors with that new identity, that identity of, Oh, I'm a happy person. I'm a healthy person. I'm a person who has strong, resilient and healthful habits that, that help me sustain myself and be resilient against stress. So that would be number one. That's uh, thanks to James clear for that. He's, he's a great writer. He's great, great tips there. Um, and then for each of these things, I'll just name one, one little habit hack from each of these simple steps. First for the, uh, sense of purpose section, there's not really 
a ton of habits or tips that I can say for this. I mean, it's a long process to identify your sense of purpose. I, I was took... going to say, how do people find their sense of purpose if they don't already know? <laughs> yeah, I took, I took months of, of identifying things that make me happy, things that contribute to my health and kind of consolidated those into a document that helped also drive my sense of purpose. But for, for those that don't have that type of time or kind of want to reconnect with their old sense of purpose that they may have lost because they have day-to-day activities that have seemed to take precedent. Um, in the book, I have a little workbook that helps us to get reacquainted with those, those old sense of purposes. Um, I'd like to think that it's pretty substantial and it'll address any sense of purpose that we can think of. Uh, but I must say it's mostly related to health because this is a health book after all. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think the same activities that I demonstrate in this book, that same workbook that you can kind of go through and write in your answers or listen to the audiobook and, and think of the answers on your own can really help us to yeah, reconnect and find that old sense of purpose that can really drive us to get up in the morning. I mean, a lot of times we have it deep down inside of us, but we just haven't brought it to the surface. We don't have it at the forefront of our mind. And so helping to get it to our for- the forefront of our mind is kind of a way to push us further, to get us towards being more intentional with our decisions and being more excited to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. So check it out in the book if, if you want to want to see that. That would be one simple step that you could do, one uh, simple behavior or habit hack. Otherwise, it's a, it is a long process and it takes a, probably a good chunk of your time and your energy to establish what that sense of purpose is. But I would think worth it to know your sense of purpose. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The payout in the long run is, is billions times over. I mean, it's, it's, a uh, it's your core, right? Your sense of purpose is, is something that's deep inside you. So mm-hmm. we, we need that in order to, in order to carry on through this world and live to just hundreds of years old, like those, those uh, centenarians do. Yeah. Um, regarding sleep the best habit hack for sleep would be to have a nighttime routine, kind of like shooting a free throw. Uh, you know, how you kind of like do you spin the ball three times, bounce it twice, and then shoot the free throw. You do the same motions every single time. The same can go, go for sleep. Your, your brain and your body get into this habit of routine that helps you fall asleep faster, stay asleep, stay asleep longer and have better quality sleep. So whether it's something as simple as I'm going to go, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to read a book for two minutes and then go to bed. That, that's a great routine. That's all you really need to do. And you don't have to do 30 minutes of reading or do something that's like, seems like a chore, right? You just do a little bit, just get into the routine. Shooting a free throw is just like three bounces, shoot. That's all you need to do. Three quick things that have our routine every single night that helps prep your brain for the activity of sleep because sleep is an activity. Your, your body is doing so many things while you're sleeping. It's power washing your brain. It's resting. It's digesting. It's healing tissues. It's doing all these things that are improving your health when you wake up. So prioritize it like you mean it, right? Sleep is one of the most important things for your health. So prioritize it. It seems passive. It seems like you're not doing anything, but your body is doing a ton of work while you sleep. So Make sure you get it. Um, next one, movement and play. 
the thing that I'd say for moving and playing and or advancing this in your daily life is to change your household environment. A lot of times the things that get us to not move and not play is convenience of sitting on the couch and watching TV or sitting on the, on your phone while you're just eating dinner or something like that. If you can distance yourself from those activities through physical changes in your environment, you'll have much more success with being more active and playful throughout the day. So for example, if I moved my couch 10 feet back, if you have room for this, right? If you moved your couch a little bit further back from the TV, you're probably more likely to sit a bit closer, like on the ground and put like a, a mat on the ground or put some sort of a, a comfortable surface on the ground where you're going to be sitting on the floor and watching TV while also doing like movement activities, such as some mobility exercises of your ankles, getting up and down off the floor, changing your position every now and then. All those tiny little things are so important for your movement health and your bodily health in general. So even if you're doing something that seems like you're lounging while you're watching TV, you're actually not. You're, you're doing things that keep you feeling young, healthy, agile, and pain-free for most of your life, which is, I mean, who doesn't want that? that that's a, it's a simple little habit hack that you can do that will have immense benefits for you. Uh, one thing that I do for enhan enhancing my play, my playfulness, is I keep like a little uh, a trunk of, of games in my car. So I have like a little bin that has spike ball and a soccer ball and football and basketball and rollerblades and a slack line. I have all these things just like ready in my car at all times. So if I want to have a spontaneous adventure, I can just hop out, hop up in the trunk and then grab whatever I need and go have some fun. And that, that's a simple little thing that makes my life so much happier. I, I, I can call upon a friend when I'm out getting not just getting off work. If I don't have time to go home, I can still have a, a fun movement activity that we can play together or enjoy together by making those things more convenient and more easily accessible. You're more likely to use them. So if it's like you have a, uh, the basketball tucked away up on the top shelf of the, of your garage, take that thing down, put it in front and center view so that you'll bounce it every now and then when you're walking by in the garage or walking to and from the, uh, fixing the car or something like that, you know, it's, it's making these things more convenient and accessible will, will make them more appealing, you know, make them more, uh, useful in our daily lives. You know why we lose that a sense of play or time for play, especially as adults. You know, I don't know if I know why, but I would, I would conjecture that we tend to conflate the difference between play responsibility and becoming an adult. So mm -hmm. we, we tend to think that when we're kids, at least this is, this is my view, is that when we're, when we're kids, we tend to think that we don't have any responsibilities. And once responsibilities come around, we, can't, we can no longer be playful, which doesn't make sense in my mind. Those things can coexist together. Just because we have responsibilities doesn't mean we can't enjoy the responsibilities or like play around with them and, and an experiment. I mean, a mm -hmm. lot of, a lot of uh, people think that play means being childish and that's not the case at all. Play means experimenting, exploring, and, and playing around with movements, with, with different, with your mind, with your brain, all these sorts of things. Like that's, for example, Apple, Apple doesn't, doesn't, is a very, is a very reputable company, right? But they, 
got that way by playing around with different designs, by playing around with the the feel of a phone in your hand, by playing around with the apps and how the, these things work. Like all those innovations came from a playful type of mindset. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, a lot of adults seem to lose that because of their sense of responsibility in the world, their sense of this is what an adult is supposed to do. They're not supposed to have fun anymore. They're supposed to work and and do their job and make money for the family and all that sort of stuff. So how would you recommend people kind of integrate that into their social groups? Let's say, you know, you're with your friends and you guys are usually serious talking about work. How would you, how would you, you know, get games involved without, you know, maybe having people think you're crazy or maybe you just Mm. have to, you know, have them think that a little bit and then them learn that spike ball is the most fun and we should do that or Right. And trust me, I've had, I've had plenty of those experiences where people kind of think that I'm crazy or, or they're, uh, they're just sitting off into the side while I'm kind of being goofy and fun and playful. But in the end, I think when, when people see how much fun you're having and they see the laughter and they see the enjoyment, they'll slowly start coming your way. And uh, maybe it'll take like a specific event, like, hey, we're going to play games this time and set the standard early on will be what it takes to get your close group of friends to adopt a new strategy while you're hanging out together. But uh, if it's just, if it's just one or two people that you can kind of pull your way and start uh, bringing into the cult of playfulness, then I think the rest will, will follow suit pretty soon. And if they don't, that's okay. And people uh, can, can come to their conclusions as, as their own time allows during their own journey in life. But um, yeah, just one or two people is all you need to get, to get the ball rolling. And it'd be worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. To be the weird one, just to get, you know, get, have that good time and bring that good time to others as well. Yeah. I mean, we know this, we, we see weird people in our life and guess what? Those weird people are, are having a, having a ball. We can see that on their faces too. They're dancing when no, there's no music on They're They're just laughing and being jubilant without really any reason to it seemingly. Right. And so mm-hmm. like, why not, why not embrace that? Yeah. Social interaction. How do you find yeah good people? I think you talked about this some already. Any other tips? Yeah, I would say uh, join a group. That's the best way I know how. At least in this day and age, when there's so many different groups available to us through social media platforms and uh, other organizations through your rec league, through uh, sports leagues, and and whatnot. That's the easiest way to meet people. Even if it's something small like joining a, a civic group where it's not necessarily active and, and anything like that, joining a, something that you're interested in even a little bit will help you gain new perspectives, learn, learn from new people, and you'll gain friendships as a result. And those friendships will take you in different avenues in your life, take you towards other social groups. Put yourself out there and don't be afraid to say hi to, to a random person. You know, Don't be afraid to say, hey, do you want to hang out sometime? Let's, let's, go, let's go do that. And if you find that healthiest person that you can stand, like I said, hang out with them as much as possible. All right, social uh, social interaction, that's that. Um, let's do embrace discomfort. A good yes. habit hack for embracing discomfort will be basically what I already have already said, which is just lean into challenges. View them view them as challenges rather, rather than threats. When it's raining outside and you gotta get to the grocery store, go for a bike in the rain, lean into that. When you need to take a shower really quickly, I'd say the best way to take a quick shower is to take a cold shower because you don't want to be in there very long, right. but lean into it. Go take that cold shower, breathe through the cold, 
and, and embrace it. You'll be so surprised how good you feel after a cold shower or a cold plunge into Jenny Lake. It feels incredible. It's probably one of the best feelings that I know of. Uh, you can do other things like don't use the AC in your car on some hot days. Just use the windows or spray yourself with some, with some water. Doing random little things like that that just causes you to embrace discomfort and increase your resilience is going to be, it's going to pay off in the long run. The things aren't going to kill you. So uh, lean into it and it's probably going to make you live longer rather than actually harm you at all. And do they need to be physical things like that or are there mental things that will also affect your longevity? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, leaning into the, the mental challenges of, hey, I have, a, I have this coworker that's always on me about this, this one task or whatever, or, or I, have a, I, was, I was at the park the other day and I experienced this discriminating moment. Um, those types of things are uncomfortable too. And you're not self-inflicting those, but you have a choice in those scenarios, right? You have a choice to lean into the discomfort of being vulnerable. You have a choice of leaning into the discomfort of letting something go when you can be the bigger person. It'd be a lot easier to blow up at that person who's being discriminatory, but you could also lean into the discomfort of being loving and kind to that person and showing them respect while hearing their opinion and also expressing your own. So those types of things are, I wouldn't say, I don't know, I, I don't know what their impact is on your longevity, okay. but I think their impact on your, on your happiness is, is strong. Absolutely. Uh, and then finally, let's do spirituality, practicing spirituality. The uh, habit hack I have for this would be simply unplug every once in a while, take a time without the phone, go hike up the mountain without any sort of chance of taking a picture and posting it on Instagram, you know, just leave the phone back at the, at the base of the mountain. It's, it's a time where you can reflect and be present. And that's goes a long way for your happiness and your mental health. Specifically, it's hard to do these types of things because we think that we need to be productive sometimes. And I assure you that when you're unplugging, your brain's default network is still working in the background. It's working on creative problem solving solutions. It's working on the project you are struggling with at work. It's working on all these different processes in the background without you even knowing it. So even if you feel unproductive, you're probably going to be more productive in the end. And that goes a long way for your meditation or your meditation. It goes a long way for your mindset and your, and your mental health in general. So unplug. Take some time every day to just be with yourself, your own thoughts and nothing else. Okay. So that's a lot from the book, but the book has a lot more. Tell us what again is the name of the book? Where do people find it? Yeah, that, that was a lot from the book for sure. And I, I'm always happy to give it. I like giving things away for free. That's kind of my, where I get most of my information. So I'm happy to give it out to others too. Uh, the book is called Lifelong Youth, The Simple Path to a Long and Youthful Life. And that's by me, Dr. Parker Hughes. And you can find it on Amazon. Um, it's available. Just look up that title or look up my name and you'll be able to find it. It's a nice yellow font called Lifelong Youth. And it's available right now in paperback and ebook. And the audiobook is coming out very, very shortly. I'm just finishing up uh, editing some of the audio content and it'll be out and ready for you within the month. Perfect. That was my next question. Cause I want to listen to the audio. Oh yeah. Well. I'm an audiobook person too. So, so I, I had to do it. Cool. I'll put the link in the show notes. 
as well. Are you on social media? How do people find you there? Yep. You can uh, find us on Facebook at my lifelong youth and on Instagram at my lifelong youth. And then the uh, website is lifelongyouthbook.com. And there you can find some of the resources that I've listed in the book, as well as some extra little addendums that I have in the book that are also for free available online. So go and check them out there and I hope you enjoy them. Awesome. And let's say somebody wants to see you for a chiropractic appointment, because that's definitely something that you do very well. Where would they find you for that? Yeah. Come see me in the office. If there's something that you can't take care of on your own, it seems to be nagging at you and you, you need a little help with it. I'm happy, happy to help you. And people that are new patients with me also get a free, a free book. So uh, if you're a new patient and want to sign up, you can, you can get that double whammy, get the book and a little uh, treatment with it. So um, if you want to do that, go to jhbackcountryhealth.com and click on book. Now you'll see my little face. You can click on me and look at my schedule and see what works for you. Perfect. And then just overall, I think you mentioned gratitude as one health habit or change that's made a big difference for you. Anything else that's just been really impactful on your life? Yeah, the gratitude one is, is huge. Absolutely. I think the, the next one is comes from James Clear again. I think his way of approaching habits is really cool. So from this perspective, he likes to say the two minute rule is to start a habit that you only spend two minutes on. So whether you're only going for a run and you run for two minutes and then stop, that's okay. Literally stop and do two minutes again the next day. If you want to go longer, awesome. But if not, don't beat beat yourself up about it. The main idea when forming a habit is to stay consistent and never missing twice. And so that has been a huge, huge help in my journey. I'm not much of a, a gym goer or a workout person. And that habit alone, the two minute rule of only spending two minutes, like doing push-ups or doing pull-ups or something like that has been immensely beneficial for me to maintain that habit and stay consistent with that goal of mine, which is go to gym a little bit more. That's a good one. Yeah. I was thinking I could do that for yoga. I always like, I think I should do it, but I have a terrible time making myself do it, but I could do two minutes of yoga. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Reducing that barrier of entry is so huge. I I like to use that for meditation as well. When I help guide people with uh, their meditation practice, I say, just get up and do two minutes in the morning. That's all you need to do. Set a timer when the two minutes are up, be done. Two minutes of breathing is way better than none at all. And being in that stressful state for the rest of your day. So yeah, two minutes. That's all. That's all you need. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Parker, for sharing. We super appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Dr. Laura. Appreciate it too. Thanks for listening to Health in the Whole. If you liked it, please subscribe so you can hear the next episodes. And remember, this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare provider before doing anything drastic.